right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, the Einstein of additives joins us once again. I love when we have Chris Cabeltrek on. He, If you guys don't know, he's with Hot Shot Secret. Their parent company is Lubrication Specialties. And uh, I'm telling you, man, they do so many cool things in the world of fighting friction, which in the end, that's what we're all, you know, sort of going against. That's the arch enemy. It's like sugar for the body. You don't want any of that in, in your engine, man. And the more you can remove it, the better off your engine will will be and the longer it will live. Yeah, friction's just dragging us down, man. Man, from, from speed and performance, right? If you can eliminate friction, you're going faster, but also from wear and durability. Uh, and if you take that to an extreme, you know, say, oh, a few miles less than predicted is probably okay. But, you know, you got the other extreme where it's pure failure. So once you got, uh, you know, breakdown in the oil film and you got metal-to-metal contact, it could be a fraction of a second, a couple seconds. Boom! You've seized, you know, bearings. You've you've you know smoked a turbo, anything, you know. Uh, so this is a pretty critical kind of topic, and I'm telling you, there's just so much gray voodoo going on because where did we learn this stuff from, right? Nobody ever taught us the details of of lubrication, what's going on in your in your engine oils or your other you know fluids and lubricants. What are all these additives, viscosity index? What does all that mean? You know, viscosity modifiers, detergents. There's so many things in there. And, you know, typically, you know, from these big companies, they're going to give you some commodity, right? Oh, this will probably work. And yeah. It covers, it's a big broad brush. And for the most part, if you're just tooling around in your little, you know, Fiesta or, or CRV, <laughs> you know, like you're probably okay. But uh, if you're like a lot of us, man, you're... You're kind of pushing things here and there, you know. Maybe you're pushing things really hard. Whether you're towing, you're dragging stuff behind your big truck, you know. You're racing, you're really pushing stuff. You're going, you're doing track days where you're really kind of leaning on a production car with some nice sticky tires on it, or you know. So there's there's a lot to be learned here. And this guy, I think you pinned it on the last one. Uh, oh, what was it? The Einstein of additives, man. Yeah. He, yeah. He, Einstein of additives. Yeah, I'm telling he's you. He's a chemist, man. He really, truly is. And, you know, when you think about all the ways, you know, all the just beatings you're throwing, throwing down at that engine and the transmission and every, everything you're trying to do, you know, I've never had a race car guy because I, you know, I do a lot of street racing, a lot of quarter mile racing, eighth mile racing, some road course racing. 
I've never once gone to my dyno guy or gone in there and like, hey, man, you know what? I really need to tune this down. I need to knock this down a couple hundred horsepower. You know, said no racer ever. Uh, we try and, you know, do our best to get as much power as we can. And a lot of that power comes from, you know, just keeping the thing alive and fighting friction, fighting heat. Where do you send it? Where do you get rid of it? How do you keep, you know, metal from metal contact to, to ever occur inside that engine because if, if you could do that under these conditions then man you got longevity and that's the name of the game when it comes to racing whether it's a race a friday night or a series yeah absolutely and you know when it comes to commodity products you know engine oils they aren't all the same right there's definitely a push by big companies to make them as cheap as possible and you think like toilet paper i don't want to spend a ton of money but there is a huge quality difference. And you know when you get down to that lower end of the spectrum where oh, you man. Know, it just crumbles in <laughs> your hands or it feels like sandpaper, man, you know it's not the same. You know, you're going to go for the goods. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's like that in a lot of worlds. And it's not just oil. There are so many different things going on in there uh, that even confused me over all the years. You know, I've even seen where they blend. I've seen where they test. Um, and... It's a never-ending learning curve on how all that stuff kind of works. Uh, and so we've got Chris Krabelchek, the smartest guy that I know on the planet uh, with lubrication, additives, filtration, you name it, man. Whether it's your power steering fluid, your transmission fluid, your engine fluid, your diff fluid, this guy knows the chemistry and what it means for us to keep our, uh, our rides running strong and be able to beat on them hard, you know? All right, man. So before we take a break, I'm going to ask a question, and I'll give you the answer on the other side. You ready? Okay. You, since you brought it up, what did the majority of Americans use for toilet paper before toilet paper uh-huh. was created? I, I, I think I know the answer. Uh, you do? All right. Well, let's take, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll see if he's got the answer to it. <laughs> I never thought the podcast would go that route, <laughs> but we're going to find out that answer. <laughs> Speaking of something that needs lubricated. <laughs> All right, back in just a minute to Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. The question before the break was, Kevin, do you know what people use? For toilet paper before toilet paper was created? Well, I got a couple answers. The, the first one I'm going to throw out, uh, <laughs> and it may be off on the timeline, was the Sears Roebuck uh, catalog, right? <laughs> Peeling catalog. pages out of that one. But that might actually be at the same time as toilet paper. So people just used it because they didn't have it. So I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to think uh, the cat, you know, the kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe a leaf. Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> um, believe it or not, corn cobs. Corn cobs. Um, oh, oh, yeah, dry corn cobs. Ow. Yeah, because they're they're softer than what people think. They're they're shaped right to, to help help that area, and they're uh, fairly good at cleaning. So yeah, you're man. right, man. I did not think this is where one of our podcasts <laughs> would ever end. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get Chris on here. He doesn't need to talk corn cobs. Yeah, hey, let's Chris. get Chris on. Come yeah, on, Chris. Cabrel check. Uh, hot shot secret, man. Uh, you guys have been doing some amazing stuff. Uh, really, I'm telling you, man, lubrication specialties ha- has really just tackled all things 
in the lubrication world. And man, you guys, how many world records now in racing? Like, I know this wasn't what you set out to do, but you, your company, have been able to, you know, help so many racers out. I think this is important because racers are like, you know, an additional team of scientists out there working for you guys. And you guys have been able to partner up with a bunch of racers and you guys are claiming world records like like nobody's business, man. You're like a Hendrick race team out here. Yeah, we, we have 11 world records, um, all in diesel. And we're starting to move into the gas areas, but just about every... I don't know. There's not that many left that we haven't hit on the diesel. Like we have the world's fastest diesel vehicle ever. The world's fastest diesel. Everything is, you know, basically running with our oils. Wow, so it was just a way to showcase our talent. You know, we're into additives. We're into making, you know, problem specific, problem specific solutions. But how do you prove that this is really good, that it's a truly good additive? Well, the way to do that was through the racers. And then that led to the oils. And now those those technologies like our nanotechnology and some of our other things, that's where they're showcased, but they're available for the everyday guy. Even our racing oils, I mean, they're every it's the same oil we would sell you for your truck. Your pickup truck would use the same thing we're selling the racer. No difference. There's no there's no A grade and B grade, it's just one. That's that's insane when you think about it. So we'll get to get into that in just a second. But you mentioned nanoparticles or nano nano what? Yeah, we use nanocarbons, and, and it might be better just to kind of give everybody an idea on on additives. Um, yeah. You know, the, way, the way we break it down, so if I was going to give a class called like Additive 101, I would say, you know, break break apart the engine into, you know, your oils and your fuels, and then think about where your, where your pain points are. You know, if it's on the fuel side and I need more horsepower, well, if it's gas, what do you need for more horsepower? Well, you need octane. If it's diesel, you need some cetane. Well, if you want more cetane, you're going to need some lubricity. So if you just if you just think it through, like your everyday mechanic, it makes sense. So when I'm looking at an engine, if somebody says, hey, I want to, you know, I want to uh, in- improve the strength of my oil or I want to upgrade, I want to you know, tighten it up a little bit or make it better. Okay, what do you need? Do you need more film strength? Do we need a viscosity improver? Are you oxidizing? Do we need a better base oil? Uh, Do you need less friction? I mean, everybody wants less friction, but, you know, if it's critical to you, then, okay, let's look at, you know, friction modifiers. Um, Are you going to run extended drains? How do you determine each of those? Well, you, I would ask you what you're, what it is that you're trying to increase the performance of. So if you said, look, I'm on the road all the time. I don't have time to change my oil every three weeks. What can I do? Okay, we need detergency and we need viscosity improvers. So let's look at that angle, how we can, you know, tweak your oil up to, to meet that need. If you said, look, I'm out on the racetrack and I'm pedaling the metal and I know I'm risking blowing my engine every week. I want the absolute best. Okay, so we need a really good base oil. Yes. Okay, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, let's look at the base oil first. We want to make sure it's the best. We want a PAO synthetic, so it's not going to shear. It's not going to break apart. And then let's put the VI improvers and the zinc that you need. So you're going to need a zinc top treat um, to, to bring that up. So it's, I mean, that's the way I would look at it is, you know, what are the different areas? If somebody says, I'm burning oil like crazy or I'm blowing black smoke, it's like, okay, we need to clean up the inside of your rings. We need to get the ins- all the carbon deposits cleaned off so those rings are moving in and out. So let's go with a, you know, a really good cleaner like our stiction eliminator. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, I used to use an example years ago when people really started giving me grief about selling additive or making additives. I said, you know, you don't go to the, to the drugstore and say, man, I feel sick. And then, pharmacist says, yeah, go over there on the shelf and pick something up that'll help you. 
well, hell, you're taking aspirin because you got a stomach upset stomach. That's not going to help you, you know, or, you know, you've got a headache and you're taking Tums. It doesn't work that way. You know, the guy says, okay, what's wrong with you? You know, well, I got a really bad headache. Okay, let's go look at the aspirin, the ibuprofen. Let's look at the acetaminophen. You know, it's, they listen to you and then they walk you through what you need. And that's the way additives are. It's not just go to the shelf and pick something and dump it in. It doesn't work that way. You really have to think it through. It's like, what is it that I need? Well, you know, I'm burning oil like crazy. I need to clean it up and then increase my film strength. Well, we can do that. I mean, I can give you additives to do that. Well, I, you know, I really need more performance out of this. Okay, well, what if we drop down a weight but increase the film strength? Does that give us more? Because, you know, that will give you more horsepower too because you've got so much fluid friction going on. So, I mean, there's a lot of things we can do with additives to kind of get you to the point that you want to go, but it takes a little bit of science and some listening and some help. It's not just, you know, go to your local auto parts store and grab something and dump it in there. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's like baking, right? You know, you got all these ingredients and you think about, uh, you know, flour and eggs and milk and sugar. Uh, you can make so many different kinds of pastries and cakes and cookies and whatnot, Right you know, specific to what you're craving. Uh, and if you think about oil, <clears throat> it's not just oil, you know, coming out of the earth and you refine it and there it is, right? It's kind of like uh, you think about the flour. Uh, it's just a flour, but standing on its own, it's not going to make an awesome cake. But you put the right combinations of, of egg and, and sugar and whatever else in there, uh, and it's going to get you uh, an end product. And, and that's kind of what Chris is doing. You can break it down and go, well, if you're thinking something flaky and fluffy, then we want to go this route. If you're thinking something, you know, heavy and dense like a brownie, we're going over here. And, uh, you know, you're really playing with multiple ingredients that are all affecting the overall chemistry and behavior uh, to get you something yummy and tasty or, in our case, uh, solve a problem or, you know, let us extend you know, the, the abuse that we like to put on some of our hardware, whether we're racing or uh, heavy towing, you know? You just made me hungry, though, bro. Damn. I know, <laughs> I know. Well, and, and add this on there, Kevin. I mean, if you think about just the flour part, I mean, what if it's wheat flour, corn flour, almond flour? That changes the whole blend. I mean, all the different things you're adding to it. You know, that oil's coming out of the ground and it's refined. It, there's millions of different combinations of molecules that are coming together there. You know, we got group one base oils, naphthenic. We got the group twos, the paraffinic. We got the group threes that are, you know, kind of a, a cleaned up version of that group two. So there's, I mean, there's a wide variety of what can happen there and they all have different properties. And then that is going to help us to understand which additives to give you. I think that's why a lot of people in the industry um, shy away from additives in terms of like the, the chevrons and the shells because they, they don't want people, they don't want people to tweak their engines. You know, they don't want you putting different things in there. It's just like the engine manufacturers say, don't ever put a tune on your engine. We don't want you to, we have this perfectly tuned. Don't ever touch it. Well, you know, nobody listens. I mean, a lot of guys still do that. You know, Hey, I want more horsepower. So they're in there tuning it. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it's the exact same thing with the oil. It's like, yeah, you made a good oil and it does a great job for the everyday guy, but that's not what I'm doing. So here's how we tweak it. Hey, we need, we want more power. How do we get it? This is how you do it. Hey, I'm going to run it extra heavy. I'm only supposed to be pulling 10,000 pounds, but I'm pulling 15 and I'm doing it regularly. What do I do? This is how you fix it. So, I mean, that's, that's where we step in. We step in with the solution to give you where, where you need to go with it. Just like a tune, like a bully dog tuner. Yeah. Well, let's get into the other part of it, you know, filtering. Cause you know, I know you elaborate a little bit on the oils and we probably do a whole nother podcast on that. Um, but you know, what about filtering the oil like is there something you guys are seeing out there that we should be aware of as far as the filtration side of it 
Okay, so that so when you're thinking about performance, you know, you're you're really looking for additives and oils and how can you get the most out of this engine, and then the fuel system, like how much how can you get more bang? If you're looking for longevity, if somebody says to me, Chris, you know, I, I spent my hard-earned money and I bought this truck and I rebuilt it and I never like I'm gonna keep this for the rest of my life, then that's when I say we have to add a bypass filter to it. So to understand how that works, I mean, just think about the factory filter. We call it OEM, original equipment manufacturer, the OEM filter, the spin-on. Okay, that's about 15 micron, which doesn't mean anything standing by itself, but just keep that number in your mind, 15 micron. But the idea is we cannot starve this engine for oil. It has to have oil, right? Whether that oil is clean or dirty, you don't want to just choke it off. So that filter, it's called a full flow filter. It's going through that filter and into the engine. Well, as it starts to clog up, you know, collects dirt, there's a spring in there. So some of the oil starts to bypass around the filter, then more and more. So maybe I'm throwing these numbers out. These aren't scientific, but just to give you a visual. So let's say I've run my oil for 3000 miles. Well, that little, you know, five inch oil filter is only, only half the oil is going through there. The other half has to bypass it because you're not going to choke that engine down and say, Hey, you can't have oil. So, you know, it's, it's really like a screen door. It's not made to purify the oil. It's really just made to, you know, keep all the big chunks out of it. So the, what we do, there's a there's an alternative to that. And it's called a bypass filter. So with a bypass filter, you're taking a strain of the oil off and you're running it through a one micron filter and then putting it back into the oil pan. So the idea would be, you know, you're you're purifying this oil at a level that's so clean, it's cleaner than brand new oil. And once you put this bypass filter on there, you're running clean oil through your truck every mile that's cleaner than a brand new quart of oil it literally makes the engine last forever. I, I know it sounds crazy, but you your engine will last forever. I have people that have half a million miles on an engine and they're changing it every 70,000 miles. And I mean, they just, they want to drive to see how, I mean, if the truck's falling apart, they said to me, Chris, I just want to see how far the thing will go. I'm at like 500,000 miles. I just want to see if it'll go to a million. But you literally, when you take all that, it's called abrasive wear. When you've removed that abrasive wear out of the mix, you really have very little wear inside the engine and it will last forever. You know, it's not that complicated to kind of wrap your brain around. If you've ever been to the beach and you sat in the sand, you got that sand up in your shorts, that's abrasive wear, right? right. We can relate to how uncomfortable that is. Especially if it's on a corn cob. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, imagine if you got to wear that same bathing suit with all that beach sand up in there, your engine's got to just continually cycle all that, you know, diesel soot, and uh, you know, small fine metal particles and wear particles, and just it's just moving it around and and you know, continuing to be kind of a liquid sandpaper on everything. So if you can continually filter that, like you said, even finer than the original oil, uh, it doesn't it doesn't take too long to to realize that uh, yeah, your, your engine's gonna last a hell of a lot longer that way. Especially you know the way you talk about uh, looking at it from both sides, the filtration and the proper additives. Uh, and and whatever you need for you know friction modifiers etc to to make the whole system work uh, way better than this kind of broad brush commodity kind of perspective right so so to give you a visual this was I mean we've been filtering oil for a long time that's part of a lubrication specialist on industrial plants um, but we we bought the the France filter company about five or six years ago and we want to do some tests on it because we want to redesign it and come up with some new media the media is the part that goes inside the filter and it's, it's like a canister filter. There's like a base and then a canister that locks on it. 
So we bought a used truck off of eBay. It was a Ford 6.0 and it had 250,000 miles on it. And the oil on it was filthy dirty. So we did what's called a particle test. Now, particle test is a little bit different than like an engine oil analysis test where you're looking for additives. This just tells you how many particles and how big they are. So it says there's this many particles over two micron, this many particles over five, this many over 15, this many over 25. So it tells you how many big chunks and then how many little tiny guys there are in there. So this, this oil had, I think it was 22,000 parts per million dirt over two micron. So 22,000. I mean, it was really dirty. So we, we didn't change oil. We put a bypass filter on it. Um, we ran it for, I think it was 200, 300 miles and brought it back and tested the oil. We took it down to 1,600 particles of dirt. So we went from 22,000 to 1,600. Now, why this is important is brand new oil off the shelf will test out around 1,800. Wow. So this dirty oil was cleaner than brand new oil after just two, 300 wow. miles. And it would stay that way continually. So, I mean, if you, we're running about a quart of oil through this filter every minute or every mile, however you look at it. You know, every mile you go down the road, it's like taking a quart of dirty oil out and putting a brand new quart of oil in there. How long do you think that vehicle is going to last? A long time. I mean, if every mile you put a brand new quart of oil in it, it just, it makes it last forever. How often do you change out that filter? Uh, the filter is good for about 15, 20,000 miles. They're, they're small on that one. We do have great big ones that are, you know, the, the big canisters for semi trucks and for hydraulic. Equipment. Right, right. But the reason we like this, this filter was it was small enough to fit under a hood. And as you know, most of the cars today and trucks, there's like no room under there. So right. we needed something small and compact. Um, it worked out really well. You know, we make we make installation kits for all the basic trucks, you know, the Chevys, the Dodges, the Fords. The hardest thing is that people, um, they struggle with the installation. They're not wrench turners, which you guys have probably noticed. There's a whole generation of people that don't have tool sets. You know, they don't do stuff on their engine. So we tried to make it really simple. Who are those people? Yeah. What's wrong with them? Well, not, not the people we hang around yeah. with. Those other people. Yeah. I know. I always say less Xboxes, more toolboxes. That's right. Yeah, exactly so. right. Uh, right. All right. We got we got a break right now. We'll come back more with Chris, the Einstein of additives. Lots of questions, lots of answers. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we are fired up because the Einstein of additives is on with us today, Chris Cabrelchek. You got to check out Hot Shots Secret. Go find it. Um, Chris, man, where do people see you socially? And, you know, this is always one of those topics, man. I just get kind of mesmerized by it. I'm like, wow, I could talk to this guy for hours at a time because, you know, he's just got so much knowledge in his head and there's so much to learn about this. I'm, I, I, Bird, you're, you're an engineer. I, this has got to fire you up when you talk to this guy. Yeah, I'm around this all the time. I mean, I design the components, right? They have to live, they have to have durability and, and all the function and stuff. Uh, and, and oil is always around it. And I don't even get this kind of dialogue, like this kind of in-depth <laughs> and interesting facts. Like, man, I, you know, because we're regulated, you know, in the OE to what's on the shelf. And we have to make things work for that, what's on the shelf. And, you know, a lot of times those products are, are vanilla. And we're out there, like Chris said, we're we're putting tunes on, we're adding headers, you know, we're we're putting superchargers on, uh, you know, we're towing maybe above the rated towing ratings, you know, all those things, uh, and we also have a care for some of our vehicles, maybe beyond uh, the average person that's just going to trade them in in two years, 
so when we're thinking about that, when you got a you know a truck that you love and you're gonna try to get 200, 300, 400,000 miles on it, you think of it a little bit differently. And and yeah, with all the experience I have on the engine side, uh, I love talking to Chris because I'm I'm always you know, like a sponge, like trying to soak it up, you know, all right, don't forget it. Don't forget it. Cause that was good stuff. You know? Yeah, man. No, no, Chris, we talked about before the break, like filtration and how to clean oil actually cleaner than when it came out of the bottle, uh, with some of your bypass filters. Now, is there a scenario then where you can start extending, uh, oil change intervals? Because we know with big diesels and you know, how many quarts of oil are in there and the time it takes, you know, to do changes and whatnot. A lot of times you want to be on the road, you want to be making money. Uh, can we extend those oil interval intervals with filtration like this? And then do you need to do anything to the oil on the other side for whether it's detergents or, or uh, you know, any kind of additives that go in there? Yeah, so this is, yes, there's all kinds of things you can do. And now what I'd like everybody that's listening is to think about is, you know, when you get into tunes and you get into tweaking a car, I mean, you're putting in three inch exhaust, you're thinking about all the different areas that you can increase a horsepower. Think about the oil the same way, because there's all kinds of things we can do to tweak this out. So what we have been able to do when somebody tells me, Hey, you know, I'm, this is a real story. He says, I, I work on oil fields. I drive a Ford excursion with a diesel engine, like a six O was a 6 and he said, I put 100,000 miles a year. I'm driving out, working on equipment. I use an excursion because it's four-wheel drive and because it can hold all my tools, but I don't have time to keep changing the oil. So what we know is happening with that engine is that we shear the oil because it just it's really harsh on oil. Um, we also know that it gets dirty. So we put a full PAO synthetic, that's our blue diamond oil that was designed specifically for that reason. And I told him, send in a sample. We put a bypass filter on it. And the trick about the bypass, just to do a step back, is we need pressure. So we have to pull pressure from the engine somewhere, and we have to return it where there's not pressure. And that's what's tricky for some people. So we have a, you know, an adapter plate that goes between the filter that gives us pressure. Um, we run our lines, and then it goes to the filter. And then going back, we have factory caps that we've had made out of aluminum billet material uh, with a threaded opening on the top with a, you know, a barbed fitting so we can put the hose back on there so it can return it right back in through the fill cap. And it's got a quick connect so you can just disconnect it to take the cap off and put oil in if you need to. So we have a system set up to be able to install them easily. Okay, but in this instance, what we did, we said, okay, you need a full synthetic, PAO synthetic group four oil, test it every 20,000 miles. So he would do an oil analysis kit, send it into us, we would test it for particles and for additives. And as we've seen the TBN number, which is the total base number, that's how much detergent's in there. You know, we started off on that specific oil, we were at a 12. When it got down to about an eight, we sent them a product that we make, which is called TBN Booster. Again, I'm a marketing genius, right? It's like, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Where'd you come up with that one? Uh, Booster TBN, <laughs> let's call it TBN Booster. So now that we're bigger and we have, you know, marketing companies, they just scratch their heads saying, why did you name it that? It's like, because that's what I did, you know? I'm an oil guy. I'm not <laughs> a naming guy. So now they want to go back and rename all the products. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But anyway, that is, you know, we, we can put, this is the same additive that we blend our oils with. So we just put it in a quart and made it usable and put all the ratios. So, you know, you have 15 quarts in that engine. You need to raise the TBN by three points. You need to put in four ounces. It's as simple as that. It probably costs two bucks. So by doing that, we were able to extend his oil changes out to 100,000 miles um, between oil changes. And, and, it, what? and it's not hard. 100,000 mile oil change. Uh, absolutely. I We could actually do a fill for life. If, 
like if Ford came up and said, hey, you know, we want this Ford Fiesta to be a fill for life. How do we do it? We can do that. I mean, it's, it's not even that hard, honestly. I mean, <sighs> man, what are we doing? That's, that's so crazy when you think about think about that, that here's the technology to, like you said, never have to change your oil. Man, it's like, um, it's like, it's like your company hires before models, you know? It's like you get a before and after model. You know, it's like your company looking for the before model to change them into the after model. <laughs> you know, you're taking cars, trucks with like 200, 250,000 miles, and you're cleaning the oil out without changing it. And now you can run, you know, 100,000 miles without – I mean, that's unheard of, man. Yeah, well, I mean, that, this is what we – I mean, we do this day in and day out. We've been doing this for 30 years at some level. So, I mean, just think about on, on your guys' platform – if if I bought a brand new, you know, Ford F one fifty and said, "Look, I need twenty more horsepower," can you do that? You're like, boom, no problem. Look, bring it in the shop. This is what we do. I mean, you'd already. I, it would not even take you fifteen minutes to figure out how to get twenty more horsepower out of it. That's the way we are with oil. I mean, it's. I mean, we know it's not that hard. Once you know the ins and outs of it, you know what to do. It's just like first, let's put on a bypass filter. Now let's move into a PAO synthetic. Let's set up a test port. We, we put test ports on there. So instead of having to crack the valve, all you have to do is just open a little butterfly valve, fill the bottle up, close it, ship it in. Okay, the oil's looking great. Put this in it. I mean, it, again, it can be done. It's not that hard, especially with a gas engine. Where it plays the most is on diesel engines because most people that buy a diesel truck are spending, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 grand. And they're like, no, I want to make this thing last. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Well, make it last for one and make money, right? To pay off the yeah. the loan on it, right? Yeah. And keeping it on the road, keeping it hauling. I mean, that's all about making the money. And when you got to take it in the shop, you know, every three months or five months or whatever it is. And you're, you know, you're, you're still paying through the nose for all that, you know, oil change and downtime. And so, wow. And if you think about this, you know, if you're a hot shotter, which we talked about on the last podcast, you know, you're a guy that just moves from point A to point B in a hurry. You know, I need a boat picked up in Florida and taken up to Michigan for Kevin Bird. Yeah. You know, hot shotter. Okay. Those those trucks hold 15 to 20 quarts of oil. And I'm on the road, so I'm not going to change it. Well, I might change it in the Walmart parking lot. But most of those guys are pulling <laughs> into a, you know, to Walmart to get changed. It's 200 bucks to $250 to get the oil changed. Yeah. But, yeah, this isn't a $20 Jiffy Lube oil change. So when you're saying, okay – and I'm making a living with my truck and I'm driving 50, 60,000 miles a year and I want to change it every 5,000 miles, which they do commonly. It's like, okay, we could stretch this out to 50 very safely and most likely a hundred. So, I mean, the common conversation at, at a truck show will be, so you're telling me I can get a whole year out of an oil change. Yes, you can go a year out of an oil change safely. I mean, I'll set it up so that your oil analysis, you can test it to what, like you change it now at 5,000, I will look and see what that looks like. We'll keep that as our baseline. That oil will never get worse than that. Like as long as you are doing this, when it gets to that level, we'll tell you to change it. And that will be a year from now. And that's usually how we, you know, try to go about it. Cause everybody's got a comfort level. You got something that you're used to, you know, I'm used to keeping my cars for 10 years. I'm used to keeping my cars for 20 or five, whatever it is. We just want to match that comfort level and then show you how to do it more economically. Well, this is flipping it upside down. Cause normally you'd go in for a set of tires and you'd say, you know, are you going for an oil change? Like, well, your tires are bald. Let's put a set of tires on. Now you're not even going in for that oil change. You're going in because your tires are bald 60,000 miles <laughs> later. And you're saying, should I change my oil? No, I'll wait till the next set of tires. Right, you right. Like, 
I changed my oil less often than I changed my tires. <laughs> yeah, dude. And and taking the extended oil change out of it, just think about the the longevity of the engine. So, you know, these are, these are, they're called Franz filters. It's a Franz filter. I'm going to go to FranzFilter.com or the LubricationSpecialties.com or HotshotSecret.com. But our two biggest consumers of these are people who have rebuilt classic cars. They're stainless steel, so they look really cool. Um, but the common thing that they tell me is, man, I've just spent three years of my life completely redoing this, you know, 1965 or whatever it is. And I never want it to go south on me. So they'll put a France that they run between the basic kits, 99 bucks, the full blown with the full install kit is um, around 500 bucks for like a Ford truck. So it's not, it's not, they're reasonably priced. The replacement filters are like eight bucks. So they're not, you know, it's, it's, it's very reasonable to do this. Um, then the second biggest customer is diesel truck owners, you know, Ford, Chevy, I, I got Duramax. I'm hauling all the time. But if you, if you just stop and think about this mechanically, you got little metal shavings in there, right? That happens, just normal wear and tear. Those shavings get up near the cylinder head and they get heat treated because that's a hot area of the engine. Now they're hardened even more. They go in and they scratch up more and they create two or three more particles. Those get heat treated more. They become more abrasive and it just continues the process. That's normal wear and tear on an engine. The manufacturers, you know, they try to put enough in there so that that will last, what, two, three, four hundred thousand miles, maybe five or six hundred thousand on the diesel pickup truck. If you remove all that with a one micron filtration device, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, you can literally go forever and never have to pull the heads off that engine. That's really cool. Yeah, I get chafed. You know, I get my beach sand bathing suit on. <laughs> yeah, and I go for a long walk. I'm chafed. Yeah, man. Yeah. I kind of want to put one of these on my Ford. I'm like, wow, I, I hear this, and, you know, I don't drive near those miles, but, you know, I want my Ford to last forever, you know, and I, it's an old 7.3. So I know how nasty that oil gets. And just uh, thinking about how, you know, how you could put this, you know, this little system on and, you know, your claims are of, you know, and I could, you could validate this. It's not like the claims, you know, you can't go untested here. You could send him your oil and he'll give you an oil analysis with it to show you where it's at in that range. I'd love to try that, man, just to yep. see, you know, what it would be like, because that's, that's kind of amazing science to me. Yep. And, and we do, I mean, the testing we want, we want everybody to feel very comfortable with it because right now, the common mindset is 3,000 miles change of oil, 3,000 miles. And we're saying, well, you don't really have to do that. Here's a different system. Well, that's, you know, the same, the same type of mindset where, you know, the engine manufacturers say, if you put a tune on there, we're not, we're going to void your warranty or don't do anything to your engine unless it goes to the factory dealership. Well, a lot of people are like, well, that's well and good, but I'm still going to do some tweaking. You know, I'm still going to put a three inch exhaust on it. You're not going to, you know, so we're trying to make that option available on the lubricant side. It's like, if that's what you want, you want to change oil every 3,000 miles, that's fine. If you want to do more, we have the tools to do that. There's a lot of people that want that. They're, you know, especially on a set. Did you say you have a 7.3, Willie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have, you know, we have the world's fastest 7.3. Were you down there for that episode? Um, no, but I've, I've been to the, a couple, you know, these world like battles in, in diesel trucks and kind of the world series of diesels before. And, uh, I've seen some of your trucks, man. They're, they're impressive. That was, that was down at Brent was the, the world's fastest seven, three. Um, we had him bring it down and it was on the episode. Like, wow, no, I haven't seen that. What, what's crazy is he broke the record on five cylinders. He like had one, not even working. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> it's, wow. I know. It was crazy. But you have to watch that. It'll be good. So. Yeah, man. It really is amazing what you guys are able and capable of doing now with just lubrication. Where Where is another sort of fissure that you guys are finding a lot of just longevity? You guys are able to create some longevity and endurance where you see failure before. Okay, so the, the areas that we really have keyed in on because they were unaddressed in the industry are what we call stiction or any kind of carbon buildup inside the engine with the high speed um, high pressures and all that. We want to, we have what's called stiction eliminator and that cleans out the engine, you know, once a year to keep it nice and clean and back to factory new. Then we have our FR3, which is a, fr a friction reducer and there's three patented products in it. That's why it's called FR3. See that? Friction <laughs> You're quick. <laughs> you could tell. <laughs> Again, the marketing genius that I am. You know, we just like things basic. <laughs> well, for all of us dummies, it, it keeps it straightforward. <laughs> so that's kind of nice. I, you know, I appreciate it. I could it tell you, sure. I mean, honestly, I do not even look at labels anymore. The, the, the people in the marketing and sales, they don't even bring, because they, they all look good to me. And as soon as I say it's okay, the next guy comes in and says, Man, what were you doing? You didn't do this. You didn't do this. And this is too small. So it's like, don't even ask. I am not a detail guy. I mean, they said, what do you want to call this? I said, let's call it FR3. It's friction reducer, three patented products. It worked for me. So, <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but the, the idea was to reduce the wear inside the engine and increase the performance. So the short story is you know, we're able to get about a 3 to 5% increase in fuel economy consistently. Um, and the, and the, the word there is consistently. Normally, when you do fuel economy tests, they're all over the board. It's really hard to get any kind of consistency with them. So, you know, we have literally done hundreds of them, and we've done dynos, and it's proven out every time. We even paid to have a, um, you know, a EPA test done at Ohio State University. It was, you know, their facility, and it was a $15,000 test to prove the fuel economy. We were able to do it there also. So we, we know we're on to something, but the biggest thing is we're able to reduce the wear by, you know, 47% or cut it almost in half. So what we did was we mixed these two really unique molecules, which are group five um, oils, which, you know, people listening to this are saying, what's a group five? Well, it's a synthetic oil, exotic synthetic oils that are man-made are called group fives. You know, group that's four, the good stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, anything that's not a, a PAO is a is a group four. Anything else falls into group five. So it could be a refrigerant, synthetic refrigerant oil. It could be a synthetic natural gas oil, whatever it is, they call it a group five. So these are very specific patented molecules that we found a synergy with our nanocarbon that's patented. Uh, that was developed in, in union with the South Korean Atomic Energy Institute. And we found that by putting these three together, we got this really crazy reaction, which was able to reduce the wear by 47%, but it also increased the horsepower by about 3%. So then we, you know, this was years that we've been studying this. It's like, okay, so what's happening? To understand how big these are, these are three to nine nanos. So that's, was a thousand or... 10, a thousand of these would fit into one micron. So this is about the size of a, I, I think a DNA chain is, is three nanos. So if you can, if you can just picture this, you know, this is the size of a DNA chain. That's how wide these, these carbon balls are. They're able to get down and fill in everything inside. And one of the things that's happening with one of our esters is it's what they call extremely polar. And it seems to draw them in and plate them much better. So we're able to coat the inside and it causes the carbon ball, the, the molecule, to 
link up the other molecules inside the oil so that it increases, we think it increases the film strength of the oil. We've been trying to get tests to prove that out. But a couple of things that we found through our testing is, and these are the weird things that we're trying to figure out the outliers. We were able to reduce the emissions by 50%. So we, we had a, you know, a, a, a truck without an emission control on it. And we had an opacity meter like they use at the e-check station. And we ran it and we just, we got a, a baseline. So I think it was like 0.2 and we just left the car running or the truck running. And we went and put the FR3 into the, you know, the oil fill and, and let it keep going. And then 10 minutes later, we checked it was down to, to 0.1. So okay, well, what happened? The only place the emissions are going, it's blow by going around the rings. So it's like, okay, can that be, well, let's try a lawnmower engine, same thing. So let's take it to a, we took it to a dyno at Firepunk and checked it. We got the same thing. So we said, okay, we want you to try to do some runs and try in some of your race trucks and see if we can get an increase. Well, same thing. You got 3% increase in fuel economy and his emissions went down. So, you know, we're thinking we've got to be sealing up the rings better, getting a tighter seal. And we're thinking that between the, the two um, esters and the nanocarbon, it's pulling them oil molecules together and increasing the thickness. So being the hillbilly engineers that we are, because that's really what we are, it's like, okay, so if this is, if this is true, like if, I'm, if my thinking is right, we should be able to mix up a 0W5 weight and it should work as good as a 10W30 as far as wear. So I, I borrowed my daughter's Ford Escape, my my <laughs> my eighteen year old daughter's Ford Escape with 187,000 miles on it, and we we put 187,000. We put a zero W five weight in it, and we didn't tell her. We just she went back to college, and drove it, and then we did oil analysis before, and then we did oil analysis after. We ran the thing for a year because we forgot we put it in there. <laughs> 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 so we tested it after six months. We pulled an oil analysis because we got busy and like, whatever happened to escape? It's like, we'll pull, she was home for the weekend. We pulled an oil analysis. It was as good as a 1030. There was no, there was no additional wear, but more importantly, there was no oil burning. I mean, it was right there on the dipstick. So we just left it in there. It's still in there. It's like, to this day, we never took it out, but it's a zero W five weight. I did something like that <laughs> as a kid, you know, elementary school and I was, I was learning about mold and I got a piece of cheese. I put it in a little plastic bag and I threw it in the back of my closet and I was thinking, I'm going to go check on this in a week. Two years later, I'm in my closet and I found <laughs> that thing. So I get it. I understand. You yep. know, things happen. You get distracted. I had a great sample. I had a great sample of mold two years later. You, you know, it would be a really fun show sometime is to, is to go through all the failures we've had because we've had, you know, we do a lot. I mean, we're always like literally every day we have an R&D team, you know, there's four people in there and we're always pushing the envelope trying to see what we can do. But some of the stories and some of the things, I mean, that, that would be a whole, that would be a riot. You guys would be cracking up if you heard all the things that we screwed up on. Dude, but it's fun. we're going to take you up on that. We're going to take you up on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for, for all the folks at home, uh, where's the best place to find, because we touched on a bunch of different topics from, from all your additives and things like that, hotshotsecrets.com? Yep, hotshotsecret.com. And then the other logos are on there for France Filter, for Lubrication Specialties. You just click on it, it takes you there. You can buy the France Filters there too, but there's more explanation and more studies on the France site. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people are going there just to buy. So we tried to put some of the easy things on the front, but on the left-hand side, there's a, there's a, you know, a bar with some other topics. There's a lot of reading there. We have a lot of people that go on there and read for hours. 
Um, and we put it there because we know some, you know, some people are deep dives and some people just, Hey, I want to bottle this. I heard you talking about it. I don't really care. Just let me get it. <laughs> but we tried to make it easy for both people. Um, you can always call us. There's a chat room. We have, you know, tech experts on staff that are always there to explain everything. Um, you can call me, you know, you can email me at Chris at lubrication specialties.com and we'll help you out any way we can. We're not, we're completely transparent. There's no, no secrets at LSI. Well, Chris, man, we appreciate having you on. This, this is awesome. Hey, it, it, no it's doubt. always great. Thanks for having me. I feel smarter every time. Right. Every single time. And you learn something. The guy is a resource. Hey, uh, you'll see him on our show too. Don't forget, check it out on weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings episodes. Also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guests, uh, the Einstein of Additives, Chris Cabeltrek, Hot Shot Secret, the uh, Lubrication Specialties. Uh, and again, man, thanks to our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Lots of great content, all sorts of uh, pick froms for different podcasts, different topics. It's a lot of fun. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this podcast, Two Guys Garage Podcast, is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Dude, always a great resource, always a great guy that, I'm telling you, man, his hour just flies by. It's not even supposed to be an hour, but he makes it that. We're like, wow, we learned a lot. <laughs> I'm telling you. And I just, I never thought that you could dive this deep into something like that and it'd be that interesting. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, tell me more. You got more in that head yeah. of yours, you know? So yeah, man. we'll definitely have to bring him back, man. Too cool. Too cool. It's like, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy, just makes science awesome. And this is one of those guys. Yeah, for sure, man. Could go for hours. Well, this hour is up. You guys take care. We'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.